Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.
Disappointed that it looks like most people are not listening. We've only got one person between the radio station and talk shoe, two different ways that people can listen. And it looks like there's only one person in the whole world listening, unless the computer is lying to me. Very, 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 very disappointing, very discouraging. Very frustrated. But nevertheless, there is that one person that is listening in this world of seven or eight billion people, and it's better than none. Amen. At least there is somebody on this earth that wants to serve the Lord. And we do have the three of us right here locally as well. Praise the Lord. And there will be more joining us here in just a few minutes, hopefully. Let's go in prayer. Well, Heavenly Father, we worship you and praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we can know you, each one of us individually. We can know you and serve you together in this operative fellowship, this fellowship worldwide between brothers and sisters, even if it is only four of us that we can gather together with like mind and one spirit and one accord, serve you in the truth according to your will. Not going our own way, not trying to do it ourselves, but serving you in unity, in the one faith, in one baptism, one spirit, one Lord. Serving you in the center of your will. Father, that is our desire and our will serve you in the center of your will. We pray, Lord, that more people will choose to do that, that more people will choose you right back. People will choose to leave Babylon, serve you in the total, 
uncompromised, unwatered down truth. Serve you in the fullness of your spirit and fullness of your will. Rather than in legalism, and rather than in tradition and false doctrine. Rather than in self-righteousness. Serve you in your spirit, your word, and your truth. We pray, Lord, that if we are wrong about anything in our lives, in our beliefs, that you would correct us and show us the truth, no matter how difficult it may be for us to accept it, that you would correct us and show us where we are wrong. Help us, Lord. Please realign us to the center of your will and to your truth. Pray for your special help today in learning more truth and in coming more into the center of your will, each one of us individually, but also as a congregation. That we would grow in unity of the one faith. Pray for those that are lagging behind, that they would get energized, encouraged, provoked to good works, and become strong in you in every way. That we would become all of us in unity, in faith, in faithfulness, in trusting you and believing you, and working for you, distributing your word to all of the world, and especially to those that we can reach in our personal lives and local communities. It help us to reach more. Help us to have that zeal, that passion to reach the lost, your holy word of salvation. And if we have any legalism that is not acceptable to you, Please correct us in that. If we are still under any delusion of modern Western programming, we ask you for deliverance. That our minds and our way of thinking and our way of believing would be in line with the truth rather than modern Western legalism. Ask you, Lord, for this help. Please give us more of your eyes, your heart, your mind, and your thoughts. Transform us away from the image of the world to your glory, to your image, and to the full statue that belongs. You are Alpha and Omega, Christ Jesus, that we would be a great reflection of you in this world, that we would be shining bright and bold and courageous lights casting out darkness in this world. Let us not be fearful, 
Please deliver us from fear. Help us, Lord, to use, claim and embrace and use the power and authority that you have given us. Each one individually and as a congregation and as a kingdom. Pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be humble, but also to use the power and authority that you have given us. Pray for all of this according to your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise Jesus. Okay. Um, right there. Thank you, people here locally. I've got the sermon notes already typed out for you. I am getting ahead of myself. Yeah. There you go. That should make it easier on you. Sermon notes. Let's everybody turn to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 16. Let's turn in the Bible. Let's not be reading the entire notepad yet. Let's go one step at a time, 1 Samuel 16. Greetings, Brother A.J. A.J. did tell me an email the other day that he is feeling better than what he was. So we praise Jesus for that. We really have been praying for his healing. and It is very good news to hear that he is feeling better. There has been some improvement, and that is good. Praise the Lord. All continue to pray for one another and for the Cincinnati, Ohio radio program as for as well as for the new advertisements that were running uh, in Ohio as well as in uh, Korea and Australia, the Philippines, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Jerusalem, and our local area as well. Let's pray for these advertisements to be effective and fruitful. Amen. And, of course, praise the Lord that paperbacks for the Alpha and Omega Bible are done. The people can start ordering those Monday, uh, but I will be ordering I will be ordering those for all of the local congregation as well as Peter and AJ and Kiki. Those will be ordered for you. And we'll try to get a copy for Jonathan in prison. Don't forget to pray for him. Uh, I've tried to send Bibles to him at least two times before, and they won't let him have it. I'm going to try again. And I really, really ask every one of you to please pray that this time the prison will allow Jonathan to receive the paperbacks of the Alpha and Omega Bible. There will be no longer any hindrance to that. 
but this time they will let him have the Bible. I think it's a legal legal case that they they cannot deny him the Holy Bible, but yet they have twice. And so uh, uh, let's pray for a breakthrough. Amen. A breakthrough is what we need. topic today, the name of the sermon is, The Lowly Will Be Exalted, and the exalted will be brought low. I'll say that again. The lowly, or the low, will be exalted, or be made high. The low will be made high, would be another way of saying that. And the exalted, or the high, will be brought low. Amen. Vice versa. The high will be brought down, and the low will be brought up. What do I mean by that? That's in the Bible several places. And we're going to start in 1 Samuel 16. But before I start reading this, I will also announce that, God willing, I will be writing a new article releasing that, hopefully within this next week, about Samuel, not Samuel, but Samson, about Samson. Uh, which is in actually Book of Judges, but I think also maybe Samuel as well. Maybe not, but Judges. But it just comes to mind when I think of Samuel. But anyway, I will be writing an article about Samson. How everybody traditionally always is putting down, always condemning Samson, always painting a picture of Samson being. Uh, uh, Illegally commissionous and uh, a man of sin. I have never looked upon Samson as a man of sin. Never have I done that. When I read the historical account of what Samson did, he was born a man of God. Amen. From birth, even before birth, he was appointed. It was prophesied before he was ever born, he would be a man of God. I never see any, any instance at all of God condemning him, chastising him, putting him down, condemning him, or of any need of repentance. Of course, he had sin in his life. Every man, every woman has sin in their life. But there was nothing so significant that the Bible would point out. It never pointed out any sin for him at all. Even though he would have had sin as any human would, the Bible never points out any occasion at all where he sinned. A lot of you are already arguing with me because you are still following the traditional Babylonian brainwashing where they teach you in these churches that Samson is a sinner, not a man of God. The Bible says otherwise. He was born a man of God. He died a man of God. Amen. So I will be correcting the myths of traditional teaching about that because I feel a calling 
to defend my brother in the Lord. Amen. To defend the honor of a servant of the Lord God. Amen. I believe it is our duty, every one of us, to defend the honor of God's servants. So we can look forward to that, and I appreciate that you would pray for that as well, for that new article. 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 13. Verse 1. Jesus said to Samuel, How long do you mourn for Saul, King Saul? whereas I have rejected him from reigning over Jezreel. Fill your horn with oil and come. I will send you to Jesse, to Bethlehem, for I have seen among his sons a king for me. Okay? Now, in this particular verse, Jesse is spelled correctly the way it was in the Greek, with the A and E combo in at the end. But you'll see as I go through here, I go back and forth between the correct spelling and the traditional spelling. I, I may have already fixed that in the new update. I don't know. It really doesn't matter because one is the traditional and one is the correct way. Uh, but it's the same guy and it should match in every case only because of the legalism of people. And the legalism of that if you write a book, you've got to write, if you use the same word, you've got to always write it the same. But that's still legalistic because there could be reasons why a person would decide to just leave it the way it is, maybe. I don't know if I corrected it or not in the update. I think I did. I don't know. I don't really care whether I did or not because there are reasons why someone might choose to keep the the real way of spelling it and still use the traditional way at the same time and go back and forth to get people to prepare the words, to get people to think about the words, to get people to study about the words. But you don't have none of that happening if you have every word matching. Then you don't have the people double-checking it, thinking about it, studying it. So there are reasons why things can be done different than the traditional law of mankind. So just understand that A-E and the word letter E at the end really doesn't matter. And I was seeing you to Jesse, to Bethlehem, for I have seen among his sons a king for me. And Samuel said, how can I go? Whereas Saul was here of it and slain. Jesus said, take a heifer in your hand, a cow, or ox in your hand, and you shall say, I am come to sacrifice to Jesus. And you shall call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will make known to him what you shall do, and you shall anoint him whom I shall mention to you. Samuel did all that Jesus told him, and he came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the city were amazed at seeing him, and said, do you come peaceably, you seer? And that is the correct translation there. No need for correcting that. But it can be translated as prophet. And there's no difference. It did say seer. It did not say prophet. There's no difference between the two. It's just one is a more modern word. One is a more ancient word. And he said, 
peacefully. I come peacefully. But they were surely afraid maybe the prophet of the Lord had come to bring damnation, a warning, a chastisement. So they asked him, do you come peacefully or not? He said, peacefully. I am come to sacrifice to Jesus. Sanctify yourselves and rejoice with me this day. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and he called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they came in, they saw Ella. Brittany can help me out with this, I'm sure. Brittany, how would you pronounce that? Eliah. 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 And said, surely, Jesus is anointed is before him. But Jesus said to Samuel, look not on his appearance, nor on his statue, his, how he was built, his height, so forth. So in other words, when he came into Jay-Z's house, there was some young men there. When they came in, they all came into that same room. And this one man, he saw this Eliab, that was a son, one of the sons of Jesse, okay? And he saw Eliab and said, surely Jesus' anointed is before him. So someone, Samuel or someone, thought, well, this must be the guy. But Jesus said, no, it's not the guy. Don't look upon his appearance, for I have rejected him. But Theo sees not as man looks. But man looks at the outward appearance. But Theo looks at the heart. J.C. called his other son, Amevadad, and he passed before Samuel. And he said, neither has Theo chosen this. J.C. called Samuel, the next boy, to pass by. And he said, neither has Theo chosen this one. And J.C. called caused his seven sons, he actually had eight sons counting David, but he passed these seven sons to pass before Samuel. Samuel said, Jesus has not chosen these. Samuel said to Jesse, have you no more sons? Jesse said, there is yet a little one. There's just there's this little wimpy boy out in the field watching the sheep, basically. Behold, he tends the flock. And, and Samuel said to Jesse, Send and fetch him, for he may not sit down until he comes. And he sent and fetched him. He fetched, brought forth David. And he was reddish, with beauty of eyes, and very good to behold. He was smaller than all the other sons of Jesse. Out of eight boys, he was the smallest. But he was handsome. And Jesus said to Samuel, Arise and anoint David, for he is good. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brother. And the spirit of Jesus came upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and departed to that location. Amen. Sermon today, the low will be made high and the high will be brought low. David at the time was low. When Samuel 
call with the Jesse to gather all of his boys together. They didn't even call David. Come. That tells us something. That tells us that Jesse, his own dad, and his brothers did not have a very favorable, strong favor, did not have that much favor upon David. His own dad didn't even think David could even possibly be the one that Samuel was looking for to be a leader and a king. But he was in the eyes of God. According according to God's divine plan, it was the smallest boy. Amen. Now we don't don't we don't know that for sure it was the smallest boy, but we know that he was small in comparison to most of the other guys, and I do believe probably the smallest. They called him the little one. And he was out in the field. Nobody called for him to come. So he was kind of like the black sheep of the family, the cast out, the one that people thought the less of, and really thought that he had the least ability, most likely. That was not God's plan. If we keep reading throughout the Bible, we see that some of these other sons of Jesse were in the military. When we read about David and Goliath, it becomes known that some of the other boys were in the military, probably all of them. And because it was wartime, and they would need all the brave men and all the men that was in good shape to come forward to fight. And yet, those more brave, no, not more brave, (laughs) those more in shape guys, maybe, or taller guys, they were in the military, but yet they were fearful of Goliath. But David, the smaller guy, was not fearful of Goliath. It was David that defended the honor of the Lord. Amen. It was David that did not fear the enemy, but marched face to face, straight forward to look the enemy straight in the eye and kill him. He didn't go out there to say, I, Goliath, I love you. Let me kiss you to death. Then he went out there and defeated the worker of the devil, amen. Cast down the giants, praise the Lord. David was a true man, a man of God, fearless, defending the honor of the Lord. He was a masculine man, but just simply younger and shorter. That's all, amen. It doesn't matter how small, poor, uneducated, poor speech, poor grammar, or insignificant that we might seem to ourselves or to our families, society, our great big God, our great big God can and will use us in very big ways if we are willing to fully submit 
to that great big God, to his divine plan, for his will for us, if we are willing and actually follow through with fully submitting to him and coming to the center of his will, then it no longer matters how small, poor, uneducated, or poor speech, or poor grammar, or insignificant that we might seem to everybody else. God can use us in very big ways. Amen. Remember also that Moses was not a good speaker. Traditionally, we are taught that Moses stumbled, or stuttered, rather, stuttered, and that might be true. We know it's not very clear from Scripture, but he definitely was not an eloquent speaker. Moses, even though he had been raised as a prince in Egypt, even though he was rich and powerful and famous during his first 40 years in life, but he was not a good speaker. For one reason or another, when, however it was, he was not a very good speaker, Moses, and he needed his brother Aaron to help him speak, to speak for him, and to be his personal assistant because of his own personal weakness in his manner of speech. And also he felt that he needed assistance, and he very much did need assistance. So these are different examples of where God can use people despite us being poor or weak or little or insignificant to the world or even poor education or poor speech or poor grammar, God can use us because God does not look upon us the way everybody else looks at us. Everybody else looks at us in a very carnal way, their own way of thinking, not with the eyes of God. We need to be praying that God give us more of his eyes, more of his heart, more of his mind, that we see things the way he sees them, not the way the world looks upon things. Amen. Let's go to the book of Luke now, Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, verse 46. Luke 1, verse 46. And we're going to go 46 through verse 56. Now we're going to read about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary was a young, very young, very, very young, virgin girl. Amen. She's probably only about maybe 10, 11, 12 years old. Mary said, My soul exalts the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in Theos, my Savior. For he has had regard for the humble state of his bondservant, talking about herself. Now, she was a humble woman, 
And it was not long for her to acknowledge that she was humble. She knew she was humble. That's not pride to say that. She's actually humbling herself when she says it, actually, in the context, in the way that she says it. She's actually humbling herself. That God, that he has had regard for a humble state, in other words, he's saying for this little woman, for this little girl, of his bond servant, making herself out as a servant. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. Again, she's not exalting herself, but she's coming to the realization of how God is using her. She had already been told that the Messiah would be born through her. Amazing, mind-blowing, mind-boggling. And, and, and she's just counting her blessings and being thankful. And it's boggling her mind that her, this little girl, would be used in such a way that forever on, generations and generations, they're going to know her name. She's not exalting herself. God is. And she is just glorifying God in this, that he is going to use her in such a way that her name will be remembered, that from all, all generations, all generations, will count me blessed. Verse 49, for the mighty one, amen, has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is upon generation after generation for those who fear him, amen. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in the thoughts of their heart. Amen. He has brought down, he has brought low rulers from their thrones, kings, exalted men. He has brought them down and exalted those who were low, exalted those that were humble. Mary here (laughs) is teaching this sermon today. She is teaching the sermon today. She is the one proclaiming the word of God. Amen. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, and he has exalted, made high those who were humble or low. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. Praise the Lord. He has given help to Jezreel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our forefathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary stayed with her, Elizabeth, about three months, and then returned to her home. So, Mary knew the word of God. Mary knew that the Bible did teach already that God will bring down the rich, the powerful, and the kings, and bring up the underdog, the black sheep, the little people, the low people, the poor people, the uneducated, the ones with a feeble knee. God will exalt the lowly. Amen. And she was the perfect example to that. She was the perfect example to that fact. 
very little, young, little virgin girl in the Middle East in a time and a culture and a location to where women would be bought and sold, where women had no education, where women was not very well respected or honored very much, where women were truly the underdog of the time. A lot has changed since then. But she grew up in that society, in that culture, time and location, for God to exalt her and to use her in a way that all generations to come would know her name. Perfect example of God bringing up, exalting the lowly. Let's go to chapter 14 now. See the words of Jesus himself, Luke 14. Verses 7 through 11. Luke 14, verse 7. And he spoke a parable to the invited guests when he noticed how they had been picking out the places of honor at the table. And he spoke this parable saying to them, when you are invited by someone to a wedding, and this would be true at any place that you're invited to, do not take the place of honor for someone more distinguished than you may have been invited by him. And he who invited you both, you and the more distinguishable guests, will come and say to you, give your place up to this man, to the more distinguished one. And then in disgrace or shame or embarrassment, that you proceed to occupy the last place in the location. But when you are invited, go and recline at the eating table at the last place or sit in the back row so that when the one who has invited you comes, he may say to you, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Come on up here. Come on up to the front. Then you have honor in the sight of all who are at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled or brought low. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Amen. For many people in many different ways, in jobs, careers, education, churches, society, clubs and organizations, Many people try to exalt themselves and try to overthrow somebody else and try to take somebody else's place. But Jesus instructed us to take the back seat, to not exalt ourselves, but to be humble. Then God will exalt us. And if we are worthy, even the people that know us, will notice our good works and will notice how that we are humble and how that we are servants and how that we are not trying to push others out. They will respect that and honor that and they will promote us. Amen. They will promote us. If we are good servants, we will be promoted in church, in society, in families, in friends. You have to allow life and God 
and the leaders to choose and appoint you for your promotion rather than you yourself trying to push your way up, stepping over people, rather than stepping on people as you climb the ladder. Big difference. Amen. Don't seek fame or power. Don't exalt self, but rather humble self. And Jesus will in time exalt you eventually. Now let's go to the book of Prophets, Daniel 4. Daniel chapter 4. God willing, we'll read this entire chapter. Starting in Daniel 4, verse 1. with you in a minute, rubbing some pain as all over me. Brother AJ and Kiki, I don't know if they sell this in Korea and Australia, but here in America, one of the best pain stuff that they sell in the store is called BioTrees. And um, if you can find some of that, it's pretty much all natural, and it really, really works. It really helps Brittany and me. And they have it in all the chiropractor offices, and they have it here in the pharmacies and different stores. Biofreeze, one word, biofreeze. And if you can find that locally where you live, I'd really recommend it. Or maybe you can get it on Amazon and have it sent internationally, it would be worth the shipping. Daniel 4, verse 1. I, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, this is his words, I, Nebuchadnezzar, was thriving in my house and prospering. I saw a vision or a dream, and it terrified me, and I was troubled on my bed, and the visions of my head troubled me. And I made a decree to bring in before me all the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dream. So the enchanters, the musicians, the smoothsayers, and the Chaldeans came in, and I told the dream before them but they did not make known to me the interpretation thereof until Daniel came, whose name that he called uh, uh, Baalashar, 
according to, to the name of my God, which he had actually many gods, but who was within him uh, the holy breath. And Daniel was the holy breath, traditionally called the Holy Spirit of God, to whom I said. Now, I, I put God here rather than Theos, because this is not written in Greek, so it did not say Theos, okay? It would have been written in Aramaic, in the Assyrian Aramaic language. And so it would have an Aramaic word for God, not Theos. And of whom Daniel, of Daniel I said, O Balazar, chief of the the, uh, enchanters, of whom I say that the holy breath of God is in you. In other words, when he called chief of the enchanters, enchanters, the only thing Nebuchadnezzar is saying is, is that Daniel had more authority, more power from heaven than any of the enchanters. That's the only thing he is saying. In whom the holy breath of God is in you, and no mystery is too hard for you. Hear the vision of my dream, which I had, and tell me the interpretation of it. I had a vision upon my bed, and behold, a tree in the midst of the earth. And its height was great. The tree grew large and strong, and its height reached to the sky, and its extent to the extremity of the whole earth. Now, back then, they didn't know about America or the North American continent. So when it says the whole earth, he is imagining a much smaller earth. In his mind, and even in his dream, the whole earth would have been only all the Middle East, okay? And so you have this as a symbol of the Babylonian Empire of that day and that time only throughout hundreds of miles in the Middle East, maybe thousands of miles, 2,000, 3,000 miles in the Middle East. Its leaves were fair and its fruit abundant. And in it was meat for all, not meat as an animal meat, but the meat of nuts and fruit, whatever kind of fruit that was on this, and that is the correct word uh, in English, we would call the inside of a grape or the inside of an uh, orange or anything, any kind of fruit, uh, the fruit, the meat of that fruit. And under it, the wild beasts of the field took shelter, and the birds of the sky lodged in the branches of it, and all flesh was fed of it or from it. I beheld in the night vision upon my bed, and behold, a watcher and a holy one came down from heaven and cried aloud, and thus he said. Now, what is a watcher and a holy one? I'm going to put in a parenthesis, if I've not, not done that yet, I will put in a parenthesis, and you can make a note for, that, for me, Robert, to cut in verse 10. I've already got verse 13 that I need to do this, but I didn't write down in verse 10. So I need that. Because in parentheses, the word angel uh, after the word watcher. Now, the word watcher is a correct translation, but I need to explain what it's talking about. The angels do watch us. And 
the Bible says that the angels are watching us and that they are very curious about us and what we're doing and our interaction with God and so forth, and they are watching us and observing us. The Bible teaches this. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar is talking about here. And even the Holy One, I believe, also as an angel, come down from heaven and cried aloud. And thus he said, cut down the tree. I pluck off its branches and shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Let the wild beasts be removed from under it and the birds from its branches. Only leave the stump of its roots in the earth and bind it with an iron and brass band. And it shall lie in the grass that is outside and in the dew of the heaven. And its portion shall be with the wild beasts in the grass of the field. Its heart shall be changed from that of a man. And the heart of a wild beast shall be given to him. And seven years shall pass over him. The matter of the decree of the watcher, the angel, and the demand is a word of the holy ones speaking of angels. This is the word of angels being brought from heaven. That the living may may know. Let's make sure we correct that. Move the end on verse 14. That the living may know that the Lord is most high over the kingdom of men. Amen. So the vision of this tree, the birds and the animals and the fruit, But all this is removed. The birds, the animals, the fruit, and the tree, and the branches of the tree, all this is removed and left only a stump with iron and brass bands around the tree stump. And this is word being sent from God through through angels as as his messengers, that the living may know that the Lord is most high. In, In other words, in control over the kingdom of men. And he will give it to whosoever he shall please and will set up over it that which is set at naught of men. In other words, the lesser esteem will be brought back into the place and replace the other king. This is the vision which I King Nebuchadnezzar saw, and you, Belazar, Daniel, declare the interpretation, for none of the wise men of my kingdom are able to show me the interpretation of it. But you, Daniel, are able, for the holy breath of God is in you. Then Daniel, whose name in, in the Assyrian tongue, not, not an Assyrian translation of the word Daniel, but a new name that was given to him, an Assyrian name that was given to him, Belazar was amazed about one hour, and his thoughts troubled him. And Belazar answered and said, My Lord, meaning my king, King Nebuchadnezzar, let the dream be to them that hate you and the interpretation of it to your enemies. The tree which you saw, that grew large and strong, whose height reached to the sky and its extent to all the land. In fact, let's change earth to land there in verse 17. 
And let's do that also in verse 8. Some of these corrections may have already been done, but when I come across them, we'll write them down, we'll double check, we'll correct them if necessary. And uh, the Bible update was just now released, so I've not even had time to even order my coffee. Once I get my fresh, brand-new coffee, things are going to be easier because then I will know whether they've been changed or not. And we will continue and we will continue and we will continue to improve the translation and, and release it again every six months until we go into the tribulation. Now in verse 18, and whose leaves were flourishing and its fruit abundant and it was meat for all under it the wild beast lodged, and the birds of the sky took shelter in its branches. Nineteen is yourself, O king. This is about you, O king, for you are grown great and powerful, and your greatness has increased and reached to heaven, and your dominion to the ends of the land. And whereas the king saw a watcher and a holy one coming down from heaven, and he said, the watcher said, strip the tree and destroy it. Only leave the stump of its roots in the ground and bind it with a band of iron and grass. And it shall lie in the grass that is outside and in the dew of heaven. And its portion shall be with the wild beasts. And so seven times, meaning seven years, have passed over it. 21. This is the interpretation of it, O king. And it is a decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. And you shall drive you, they shall drive you forth from men. And your dwelling shall be with the wild beasts. And they shall feed you with grass as an ox. And you shall have your lodging under the dew of heaven. And seven times shall pass over you, seven years, until you know that the high, most high, is Lord of the kingdom of men and will give it to whom that he shall please. Amen. In all these places that it says times, seven times, Robert, let's change that to seven years in each one of those locations. If it's not been done. Verse 23. And whereas they said, Leave the stumps of the roots of the tree. Your kingdom abides sure to you from the time that you shall know the power of the heavens. Therefore, O king, let my counsel please you and atone for your sins by alms and your iniquities by compassion on the poor. It may be God. It may be that God will be long-suffering to your trespasses. All these things came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. After a twelfth month, that needs to be separated, there's two words together there, twelfth month. After a twelfth month, or after the twelfth month, as he walked in his palace in Babylon, the king answered and said, Is not this great Babylon which I have built for a royal residence? by the might of my power, for the honor of my glory, 
And while the word was still in the king's mouth, while he was speaking this vanity, while he was speaking this proudful words that the kingdom had been brought on by his own ability, his own power, for his own glory rather than the glory of the Lord. While these words were yet in the king's mouth, there came a voice from heaven saying, To you, King Nebuchadnezzar, they say that the kingdom has departed from you, and they should drive you from men, and your drawing should be with the wild beasts of the field, and they should feed you with grass as an ox, and seven times or seven years shall pass over you until you know, until you know that the most high God, most high, is Lord of the kingdom of men. And he will give it to whomever that he shall please. In the same hour, the word was fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. And he was driven forth from men. And he ate grass as an ox. And his body was bathed with the dew of heaven until his hairs were grown like lion's hairs and his hairs nails as bird's claws. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised him that lives forever and gave him glory, for his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom lasts to all generations. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does, he does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And there is none who shall withstand his power and say to him, what have you done? At the same time, my reason returned to me, and I came to the honor of my kingdom. And my natural form returned to me, and my princes and my nobles sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and more abundant majesty was added to me. Now, therefore, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and greatly exalt and glorify the kingdom, the king of heaven. For all his works are true, and his paths are judgments, or justice, just, just. And all that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Amen. Base means, abase means to bring low. He is able to bring low or to humble. So the reason I read this is President Trump just quoted, I believe a radio host or whoever he was, quoted somebody saying that Trump is like the king of Israel and like the second coming of God. Now, even though the words were not precisely Trump is God, it's close enough. To say that he is like the king of Israel and he is like the second coming of God, that is blasphemous. Instead of Trump quoting and praising this man, which he did quote and praise the guy for saying this, instead of praising that man for saying that, Trump should have said, not me. I'm not a God. I'm not the second coming of God. I'm not king of Israel. 
I'm only a servant of the Lord. That is what Trump should have said. Trump should have humbled himself. We have the biblical example where people thought that Paul was a god. He said, don't worship me. I'm not a god. You know, and that's what Trump should have said. But Trump is promoting the worship of himself. He is. And this is going to feed the false theory that Trump is the son of perdition, the Antichrist. There are lots and lots of people that believe that Trump is the prophesied Antichrist. And it's simply impossible because he's not a Syrian and Trump would never invade Israel. That's, that's, that's insanity. He would never invade Israel. But the son of perdition will invade Israel. So that's very easy to know that he is not the prophesied son of perdition. But a lot of people think that he is because they're going by their own carnal thinking rather than by the Bible and the Bible requirements for who the same tradition would be. So they're going by their own carnal thinking, as I've mentioned several times in this sermon already. Instead of going by our carnal thinking, we need to go by the Bible and the way God looks at things. We need to ask God to give us his eyes, his heart, his mind, so that we don't fall for these decoys and Trump is a decoy for the Antichrist. This news is going to fuel that false doctrine that Trump is the son of perdition. And more people will now believe that he is the Antichrist. More people will. And you will probably encounter these people in your life. You simply need to point to the scriptures that the Antichrist will invade Israel, destroy Israel, hate Israel, be the enemy of Israel. That does not match Trump at all. Amen. But Trump is going to be brought low. Right now, Trump is high. He is exalted. He's exalting himself. He's glorifying himself. He's very proudful right now. God's going to bring him low. It does not take a prophet of the Lord to realize this. You just got to read the Bible. Amen? You don't have to be a prophet of the Lord to know that a man that is exalting himself, that is so high and powerful right now, he's going to be brought low. That's the law of gravity of how God works. Amen? Trump will be brought down. And I don't know 100% for sure exactly how it's all going to play out, but I can guarantee you one thing. He's going to be brought down to his knees and humbled in the name of the Lord because of his own vanity. He has reached a level of vanity that is similar to the vanity of Lucifer or devil, Satan, evil be his name. And the, the level of vanity of Assad, who's exalting himself and will be exalting himself more. Trump has reached that level of vanity. And no matter how much you support him, and I do support Trump, I love Trump, he's doing a lot of great things. 
that no matter how much we agree or support him, when somebody does something that serious, that sinful, they got to be called out. They got to be called out. Especially as a pastor, as a leader, I must call him out, especially me. I must call out Trump. He will be brought low according to what the Holy Bible says. Amen. And we see that Nebuchadnezzar was brought into authority by God. That's very clear in Scripture. Just as Trump was chosen by God, so was King Nebuchadnezzar chosen by God. God exalted Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. Think about that. Nebuchadnezzar had false gods. He was a pagan. He was a Babylonian, Assyrian, evil man. That God chose him to be the leader of the kingdom of Babylon for whatever reason. He was double-minded, and sometimes he did praise the Lord and serve the Lord and worship the true God sometimes. Maybe that's why God chose him. But whatever reason, we cannot second-guess God. God does use not only the little men, but even the wicked people God uses for his own glory and his own divine great plan. Amen. And Trump needs to take a lesson from King Nebuchadnezzar and will take a lesson from King Nebuchadnezzar. Amen. Let's go to chapter 2 now, Daniel 2. Verse 19, Daniel 2, verse 19, we're going to read verse 19, 20, and 21. Daniel 2, verse 19, then the mystery was revealed to Daniel, a different mystery, a different dream, was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night, and Daniel blessed the God of heaven and said, may the name of God be blessed from everlasting to everlasting. For wisdom and understanding are his. And he changes times and eras. He appoints kings and removes them. Given wisdom to the wise, meaning that is God is the source of wisdom. That's what that means. If somebody be wise, it came from God. And prudence to them that have understanding, their understanding comes from the Lord. So Daniel said that God brings kings and removes them, brings up and removes, casts down and brings up. We see in Jeremiah, I think chapter 1, that God told Jeremiah that I called you to pluck up, remove, to destroy kingdoms, and also to plant and build my kingdom. Amen. The kingdoms of this world will be brought down, including Russia and China and Iran and Syria, which are huge, very powerful kingdoms. But it will all come crashing down, even as Rome will. Amen. Even as Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom did fall. 
and the next kingdom, and the next kingdom fell. So will it be in our time. These rich, famous, and powerful presidents of Russia, China, Iran, Syria, and even America, they will be brought down. We see from history, including history that is written in the Bible, how God has repeatedly cast down the rich and powerful, kings and kingdoms. Amen. Now let's go to the book of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 17. Verse 22, Ezekiel 17, verse 22. We're going to read three verses here. Ezekiel 17, verse 22. For thus saith Jesus, I will even take of the choice branches of the cedar, of the cedar tree, from the top thereof. I will crop off their hearts, the heart of the tree, and I will plant it on a high mountain, and I will hang it on a lofty mountain of Jezreel. Yes, I will plant it, and it shall put forth shoots, branches, and shall bear fruit, and it shall be a great cedar, and every bird shall rest beneath it, and every fowl shall rest under its shadow, and its branches shall be restored, and all the trees of the field to know that I am Jesus, that bring low the high tree and exalt the low tree and welter the green tree and cause the dry tree to flourish. I, Jesus, have spoken and will do it. Now, this is an entirely different book of the Bible than what we just read. It's an entirely different uh, situation. But using the same analogy, the same symbolism is wonderful, it's powerful, it's great. It's a confirmation of his word because I didn't plan it that way. I wasn't looking for trees and birds and animals and bees. I was looking about God exalting and bringing down and casting down and bringing up. And then I saw how two different books of the Bible is using the tree analogy for the exalting and the casting down. So that's amazing, mind-blowing in itself to me, how God's Word confirms itself. And it's definitely teaching, these verses are teaching, that God will remove kings and kingdoms and will bring down the rich and the powerful and will bring down the kingdoms of this world and the presidents and the kings and the nations and the cities of this world, God is going to bring down. And in their place will come up people who had not yet been powerful, people who had not yet been famous. He will bring up the dry tree, the weltered tree, the little tree, the little people, and exalt those people to a high level of government in his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And not only presidents, kings, and governments, but also ministers. 
preachers, churches, and ministries. And I think of the famous, rich, and powerful ministers on TV, the television evangelists, Joel Olstein, Beanie Hinn, uh, Rick Warren, uh, so-called Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, and all of those false prophets and false preachers that are on the top ten bestseller or have been on the top ten bestseller of books and so forth worldwide. Those are liars and thieves and robbers, not ministers of God. And they will be brought low. Right now, they're riding on a cloud, eating grapes, driving rich cars and airplanes, living in mansions on the tides of the people. But they will be brought low, and they will have no home. They will have no airplane, no car, and no mansion. Those things that they own will be given to others or completely destroyed. And it will be the preachers that no one knows of that will be exalted during the Great Tribulation. The 144,000 young virgin men that will be exalted as the preachers of the end time in the final one year before Jesus comes back. Preachers that nobody has ever heard of, that have not written best-selling books, that have not been all over the world on TV, that have not received millions of dollars. Amen. It will be the low, uneducated, poor-speaking, poor-grammar boys that God will use. Amen. The Alpha and Omega Bible, Old Testament part, was mostly translated from Sir Lancelot Brenton, Sir Lancelot Brenton in the 1800s, that he translated the Greek Septuagint. As far as I know, all by himself. The King James Version uh, supposedly was translated by um, lots and lots of different people on a translation team with lots of help and lots of education. And, of course, Brenton was very highly educated. But he did this major task of translating the Old Testament by himself. And I believe that if he had not been called for that and if he had not done that, nobody today would know his name. A lot of people don't know his name today because they don't know anything about Bible history. But at the same time, a lot of people do know the name of Brenton and do know about the translation of the Greek Septuagint that he did. And a lot of people do know. He actually is in, in one way very well known for his translation. One of the most easily found translations of the Old Testament of the Greek Septuagint and one of the more respected ones. And if he hadn't done that translation, nobody would know his name. Nobody would remember him. But I believe that he was called for that day and that time for that measurement of the translation as a foundation for the Alpha and Omega Bible. 
God used him, a man who, regardless of any Babylonian doctrines that he may have held, and regardless to the fact that nobody would know him today if it hadn't been for that one, one work of his, of that major translation, God used the lowly to do that work. He may have been rich, powerful, famous. I have no degree of knowledge about that, but he would not be known today if God had not used him. So in my mind, it is still a guy of lowliness being exalted by God. And who would even know even the name of the Apostle Paul if he had never gotten saved? Think about that. We of the Apostle Paul, everybody knows that name, but only because he got saved and was used by God. If he had not obeyed the Lord, his name would have been forgotten in history. And while he was still lost, he was a murderer. He was the enemy of the Lord. He was the enemy of the church. But God used such a man for God's glory. And who would have ever imagined that God would choose any redneck, country pumpkin, <laughs> mountain man from Tennessee but poor grammar and poor speech? Who would have imagined that God would have chosen Pastor Tim for the translation of the Alpha and Omega Bible, the restoration of the original scriptures. It's mind-boggling. God could have very easily chosen somebody with more money, more ability, higher education, better speech skills, more power, more fame. He could have used Rick Warren or Joel Olstein or somebody with lots of money and power and authority and fame that could make the Alpha and Omega Bible on the top ten. That wasn't God's desire. That wasn't God's plan. This shows the mercy and the greatness of God, that he would choose the underdog, the outcast, those that the world would despise. Many people actually don't accept the ministry for the very fact that we're not very well uh, funded and that we go contrary to the traditions of mankind. But I say that these evidences of our smallness is evidence that we're used by God. Amen. God chooses to use the lowly. God chooses to use the small man and the small woman. And it doesn't matter how insignificant that you may appear, that others may think that you're insignificant, that no one would you use you. I mean, wouldn't God use somebody that graduated from Harvard or Yale? No, not really. A lot of people think that God would use somebody from Harvard or Yale, and I'm like, no, he wouldn't use, not like that, not for the Alpha and Omega Bible. So 
it is the evidence of God's mercy and God's greatness. The way he works is so much more beautiful. Amen. Those that others would cast out and not accept, those are the ones that God uses. So do not limit yourself in how God can use you. Amen. Do not limit yourself in how God could use you if you are a person of great faith and God can use you. You have to be a person of great obedience and great surrender. You have to be able to humble yourself. But if you do these things, humble yourself and be obedient and fully surrendered to him, he can use you to do great things. And it would blow your mind how much God would use you and exalt you in the end if you're faithful unto the end. Amen. But if you draw back to tradition, God will leave you. And he will bring you down to your knees until you repent. This is the way things work. And that is the righteous and just way for things to work. He is in control and his way is right and true and correct. Amen? So, special announcement for next week, the last day of August. Uh, Special music being provided by Brother Robert on the harmonica. And then the week after that, special music by my wife Brittany on the keyboard. Next two weeks. We'll have some special music included with our normal music, probably one song, one or two songs, however they're led to do, uh, at least one song. Next week, my Robert uh, plan on the harmonica, that is, and then Brittany the week after that. And the Feast of Tabernacles is coming up very, very, very quickly. And so is Perm coming up quickly, only six months away now, I think. And time will now click down to five months and three months and one month. It's going to go quicker than what you think. And things are going to continue to increase in the world events. And I do believe that it is a huge possibility that we're going to see the strong delusion on this next term, March 8th, March 9th of next year. I'm not saying 100% for sure. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. But I believe personally that it is a huge possibility that we could finally see the fulfillment of the strong delusion. And we see that uh, the war with Iran is increasing and increasing and increasing. And with Russia and China, and Trump is being thankfully, very, very bold against China. And that's a good thing. We need to stand up to the bully. We need to stand up to China and Russia. They are bullies in this world, and we need to stand up to them very boldly and very powerfully, even if it means war. We have to stand up against evil and against bullies. Even if it means a physical fight, we need to stand up against evil. We need to stand our ground. 
I'm very, very, very disappointed, discouraged, frustrated, I must say, that uh, I don't see any new people listening live to the services. But God is still God. And those that will serve him, they don't have to be begged. Come and listen. Amen? And those that would rather drink poison and drink bleach, let them kill themselves. They're not worthy. Amen? You'd rather drink bleach rather than to drink from the fountain of life? You've made your decision already. Those that would rather just sleep in and or watch a football game or a basketball game or go to the store or go to somebody's house or whatever, you've made your decision as well. You either want to serve the Lord, you either want to serve the Lord, or you don't. It's that easy. Amen. In Argentina, you're in the same time zone or very close to it as we are. There's no excuses why you can't listen live. People need rebuke and people need correction because time is short. And I won't be available much longer, hopefully. So, people need to make their decisions whether they're going to serve the truth in Jesus Christ or not. Amen. I think we're going to probably cook some burritos and one of my favorite meals. I know that's one of Robert's favorite meals too, is burritos. And pray for my wife for strength and healing and encouragement. Pray for Brother Jonathan in prison. Pray for the Alpha Mega Bible. Pray for my energy level. Pray for Kiki, her family, and her uh, evangelism. Pray for Brother AJ and his health and his family and his evangelism. And pray for Peter, for him to continue to grow in the Lord and in age and maturity as a young man in this very, very, very wicked, immature world. That Peter, from the man of God, bold and strong, stand his ground against the Catholic Church, regardless of what it takes, even if it means losing parents, family, shelter. We must stand our ground. Time is short. we got to choose house, land, money, and family for Jesus Christ. We must be willing to forsake parents, house, money, jobs, careers, whatever it takes serve the Lord in the truth and to make up our mind to be saved, baptized, born again, become man or woman of God. The decision to me is so easy and following through to me is so easy. I'd much rather have God and nothing else than to have all the gold and silver in this world that will perish. 
and the family and friends in this world that will perish. I'd much rather have God and his word and his truth living inside me that gives me real joy, real strength, courage and boldness and strength to endure the fires and tribulations that are to come upon this earth sooner or later. It's going to come. Will we perish with the world? Or will we take our stand for Jesus Christ and live forever? It's an easy decision and an easy action to take. It's only a matter of who do you love more, God or the devil. Is that simple. That's an easy decision. I don't understand people. I do not understand people's lukewarmness and their inaction. I do not understand. Neither does God. Read the Bible. I can't say it enough. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible so that you will be delivered of the brainwashing of Babylon, the worldly thinking, the carnal thinking, the false thinking, the legalism and the false doctrines and the fairy tales. Read the Bible and you will be delivered and you will gain a love for the Lord like never before by just reading his word. Amen. I found out today that November 4th, which is coming up a few months from now, November 4th is the historical date when the pilgrims in Massachusetts back in the 1600s or 1500s who were Sabbath-keeping, who was, had already outlawed or did outlaw Christmas and Easter, that on the day of November 4th, they declared that if any person was to say that the Bible is not the word of God, that they would suffer the death penalty. They would be put to death. But simply saying that the Bible is not real, not true, is not the word of God. Death penalty. That should still be the law of America today. It should be the law of America today. It should be the law of every nation, of every city, of every town, of every pastor, of every governor, of every king, of every president. It should be the law, and it is the law of God. It is. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. And ask God to give you his eyes, his mind, his way of thinking, his way of looking at things, rather than you're watered down, traditional way of thinking, of coexist, getting along, always being at peace with everybody. That kind of thinking of getting along and coexisting with everybody is the reason the world is in such horrible wickedness that we have today, allowing the homosexuals to live, allowing the Muslims to live, allowing the heathen, pagan, demon worshippers to live. That is why the world has been conquered by the devil. 
because God's people will not stand up and be bold. They're weak. They are not the army of the Lord. And I do not see an army of the Lord even being formed. This is why God delays. This is why it didn't happen last year or the year before or the year before, because God is still waiting for his people to surrender to him, to choose him as their king. He's still waiting for people to choose life and not death. This is why he delays. And the Bible says that he would delay. The Bible says eventually that he would delay no longer, which proves that he did and is delaying. Read the Bible. Why else would he delay? Everything's already been lined up a long time ago. War with China and Russia and Syria and Iran, it could have happened years ago. It's already, it's already everything in place. He just waiting on people to choose to serve him, everybody to take their stand. Who do you follow? That's what he's waiting on. But he ain't going to wait much longer. Amen? He ain't going to wait much longer. Sooner or later, he's got to fire the starting gun and let it begin. Amen? I'm going to be on that starting line, eager and waiting. That's why I am every week watching the computer, waiting for everybody to line up and come together and gather together in unity, as the Bible commands us to do. And nobody hardly shows up, just one or two there. It's not just me, it's God. I'm speaking his heart right now. Amen? I'm speaking his heart. I want all of you to start getting a heavy heart for the lost people. Why they're not choosing God. And if they continue to not choose God, then may God damn those people. May God bring them down to their knees. May they be cursed to ashes. May they be burnt, killed, murdered, raped, robbed. May they suffer all the curses of heaven and earth until they are brought down to their knees. This is Bible. Read the Bible. That's not Pastor Tim. That's Bible. That's Scripture. Why don't you choose to read it? And let the Bible change your heart, your way of thinking, your way of thinking, your mind, your eyes, your heart. Let the Bible change it to his word, to his eyes, to his way of thinking, which is not American way of thinking. It's a Middle Eastern way of thinking. Read the Bible. All of this, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, praise the Lord. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. 
LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. 